Moments like this, these last two football games, being able to do what we've done, energize a city, right? Energize a, a, a town, energize fans, uh, is only going to make us better moving forward. And that's the part that I'm excited about. No one, no one thought we should be here, and we just kept believing. And it was really cool, really cool to be a part of. And, and it was special. And like I said, just the beginning. You know, I, I go back to April, and I, I told the team in April, I said, expect to play playoff games on the road in Cincinnati, Buffalo, and Kansas City. You know, I think that was this this year, obviously, was huge for, for this organization, for our city, for just our franchise, you know, moving forward. And, and it kind of sets the bar of, of, of who, who we're going to be and, and what we're going to do moving forward. And and that's the mindset and, the, and we won't settle for less than that and this this won't be this won't be the last you guys hear of us so we'll be back this boy got a hit 1010 xl 92.5 fm presents jaguars today with your host mike dempsey tony smith and e to the t all right good morning everybody welcome in happy tuesday to you we're off and rolling on jaguars today for the next couple of hours taking a look at your squad and how we're going to try to get them to the Super Bowl in 2023, or <laughs> I guess in 2024, but you get the idea. The upcoming season, uh, good morning, Tony. Good morning. How are things? All good, yeah. I'm already into season uh, four of Community. You told me it was one of your favorite shows. Community is the best. It's pretty good. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's the best, but yeah. it's pretty funny. It's, yeah, I I love that show. I've probably watched through the whole thing. Season four, I yeah. won't lie to you, I skip. It's, it's, uh, it's pretty, I've, I've heard about that. that. I saw an article about it. That's what got me watching the whole thing so. yeah yeah kind it's, of a weird uh, uh dan Harmon and the nbc people didn't see eye to eye there for about a year and so dan isn't involved in season four of the show it's you can feel it immediately it's yeah. not the same i'm gonna watch it anyway yeah. whatever it's uh at this point so uh, that's been uh how i've been occupying some of my yeah. downtime you get a resolution during that season though for the darkest timeline so oh okay. look forward to that okay yeah. good yeah I, i'm aware of the timelines the various timelines and <laughs> Everything that's going on with them. Uh, the timeline opens up today on the franchise tag and transition tag windows for the 2023 season, and that they'll stay open until March 7th. So, yeah, for the Jacksonville Jaguars or any other team that has a pending free agent that they're hopeful to get locked up to a long-term deal, but they're not confident that they can get them done, the franchise tag or the transition tag becomes an option. Uh, and you're going to hear names, obviously, like Lamar Jackson heading the list of franchise tag eligible players. Will they have to use that? Doesn't seem like there's any movement um, going on with his contract with the Ravens. Although, generally, you find out about that kind of stuff because agents leak info. <laughs> yeah. And he's his own agent. <laughs> right. So, yeah. I don't know if he, you know, maybe they're making progress and he's just not playing that game. Or maybe all quiet on the Western front means there's really nothing happening with uh, Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens right now. Fortunately for the Jags, they don't have to think on the quarterback level uh, with the franchise tag. They're nowhere near worrying about uh, the long-term deal for Trevor Lawrence. Got at least a year before they can even open up those discussions. But as we've known and have discussed at length, Juwan Taylor or Evan Ingram is a candidate this year. 
Um, Arden Key's certainly not, although he's a free agent you'd like to have back. Uh, just don't know if the Jags are going to have the money to bring all these guys back. But since the window's opening up today, we're asking you the Chad and Sandy real estate question today. Do you think the Jags ultimately use the franchise tag on either Taylor Ingram or it doesn't get used at all this year? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and look, I think it's funny. You know, you talk about the the quarterback conversations with what's going to happen with Lamar Jackson. And look, we're going to have to have, you know, talks at some point about it's time, right, to get an extension done with Trevor Lawrence that can start next offseason. So it's not like the Jags will never be entering into those waters at any point in the relatively near future, right, trying to figure out a long-term contract with their guy. But I can't tell you how thankful I am to be going into the draft last year and for however many years it's going to be going forward and not care about the quarterback not class. figuring out how you're going to get in position to right get like one it's of, just one of maybe two guys that you're interested in in any given year that you're just crossing your fingers yeah. doesn't flame out like Zach Wilson. like maybe sometime in like 10 years they draft one in the first round and it's like oh are they finally going to start thinking about the transition right like that kind of thing but to not have to be we need to be in position to get this guy this is the one they should be targeting what are they going to do? It's not a great quarterback draft year. Like those kind of things to not have to have that kind of conversation going into a draft really for the first time for a extended period of time, potentially in 25 years. Haven't you heard there's still some out there that uh, proclaim Trevor Lawrence to be a bust at this well, point in time? So That's on them. Fortunately, it's in the uh, ever-shrinking <laughs> minority. Think about it. You'd love to be in the position Green Bay is in. Like what do we do? Hang on to our aging – multiple-time MVP, oh, he only won us one Super Bowl mm-hmm. quarterback or turn it over to the first-rounder that we've been hopefully grooming for the last several years. Right. You know, yeah. And again, we talked about this yesterday. It seems like there's a lot more um, concerted effort to put buzz out there about Jordan Love this offseason, how much the Packers really like his game. Uh, may be true, may not be. Don't know, not our concern. Our concern here is can they – Keep Evan Ingram and or Jawan Taylor in the fold. We've been told by some that Jawan Taylor may be the top priority for the team. I I mean, okay, to a certain degree, mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. But it's still got to be money that makes sense. You know, you can't make a habit, and as much as you want to retain your own players, of overpaying your own players, vastly overpaying yeah. your own players. You know, right now – we're all looking uh, – we've had this conversation. If there was a team that would take Cam Robinson off your hands, would you transfer that money to a younger and healthier Jawan Taylor? And I think a lot of people would do that with the option to play Walker a little on the left side. And sure. granted, you'd like to have all of them back, Tone, and, and make your offensive line as strong as possible, but that's there's an economic reality in the NFL that, uh, you know, as much as you can get around the salary cap, eventually the bill's going to come due – and I wonder if things if they knew how well Walker Little would play when put in last year, would they have given Cam Robinson an extension, a multi-year extension? I don't know if they, they would have and maybe freed up some money. Maybe they would have. Anyway, I, you can't know that. That's the thing going into the season. But I think in hindsight, um, you know, I, I don't think many people would mind opening up the season with Walker Little on the left side and Juwan Taylor on the right side. No, I think a lot of people, me included, would have been fine with him being the starting left tackle last year. 
right? And when we went into the offseason and looking at the options the Jags had at that time with Cam Robinson having played on the franchise tag the year before, right? We had, we had discussed all the options for him at that time, and I thought it made sense. Look, it's time for Cam Robinson to walk, and Walker Little is going to be your left tackle, and that's okay. Like, I was okay with that idea in my head last offseason. Then they franchised Cam Robinson and said, well, that's obviously not their idea right. of where this thing is going. And then they signed him to the extension on top of that, and it's like, that's really not their idea of what they want to do at left tackle right now. And so it it makes me feel like I've been so not in sync with what I would do when the Jaguars have done with the tackle position here in the last, mm-hmm. especially last offseason going into this year. And now it's complicated by the fact that Jawan Taylor had the best year of his career, right? In his fourth year, in a contract year. And while I would be willing to let him walk and make him that offer that I've talked about, that $11, $12 million a year, if he's willing to take it, I'd be happy to have him back as our right tackle. But if he's not willing to, okay, go test free agency. I just... Given what's happened, especially with Cam Robinson here in the last year and a half, my guess is that they're not anywhere near on the same page as me with this, and that's fine. That's, yeah, they may not be. Yeah. You know. And, and so my guess is they're going to pay Juwan Taylor, that he's going to be the right tackle. Cam Robinson's going to be fine with whatever that injury is. We haven't heard anything to make us think otherwise uh, at this point, and he's going to be the starting left tackle, and Walker Little will be the swing for this team next year. That's what I think it's going to work out to be. You see, you think they'll get a deal done with Juwan Taylor. I do. Yeah. I'm skeptical of that because uh, I think once he makes it to the open market, then all bets are off, and I don't know if you're sitting there right now, if you're Juwan Taylor, if they don't tag you, why you wouldn't wait to hear what the offers are. Oh, on the certainly market, should, yeah. Right? And, and so if that's the case – you know, I mean, there are some things going in Jacksonville's favor. I mean, you could offer a little bit less, and it comes out to about the same if you're talking about a state with state income tax. You know, the financials don't have to be exactly the same, but you still got to come up with uh, a big chunk, uh, a, probably a figure that starts with a one in front of it, a ten, you know, million and up yeah. kind of salary. Now, does that have to be the case for 2023? Not necessarily. Uh, I don't know. I, I would say I'm more skeptical. I would say if I had to bet right now that Juwan Taylor is not back with the Jacksonville Jaguars. But today's question of the day, presented by Chad and Sandy Real Estate. Again, uh, you can hit us up on Twitter. It's a simple poll question. With the tag window opening up today, will the Jaguars end up using the franchise tag this offseason? And uh, there are only two guys who are actual candidates to get it. So you can vote yes, they'll use it on Evan Ingram. Yes, they'll use it on Juwan Taylor. Or no, they won't tag anybody uh and we'll discuss the pros and cons of all that as we uh, play things out today pro football focus ranking the top 101 players from the offseason fortunately they're not doing it 10 a week and stretching it out over two and a half months uh so gotta believe we saw there were two jaguars in the first 25 that yep. came out they put out the second 25 today no jags in there i don't believe you're going to get anybody in the top 50 that's not already in the top 100 so we'll talk about their list and what other Jaguars may be poised to join their teammates in the top 100 of the NFL uh, following the 2023 season. So that's on board uh, today as well. And uh, also taking a look at a piece over at NFL.com today about players that should be kept off the market by their teams. But again, do the Jags have the wherewithal to be able to do that with whoever may be listed for them 
uh, at this point in time. It's tough to know how their money is going to play out. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe they'll get a bunch of restructures done, Tony, and clear up a bunch of cap space, and and maybe they'll actually sign a guy of significance from another team. I mean, it's it's all possible. It depends on how much you want to push money into the future. How much do the Jags think they're in a championship window right now, this minute, and how long does that window extend? Is it the case like in Cincinnati where Joe Burrow said, the window is my career? The Jags look at it, as long as we've got Trevor Lawrence, we're going to have a chance to have a championship window. So let's not put ourselves in a bad position in future years just to put all the chips in the middle of the table for this one go-round. But you never know. That one go-round may be the closest you ultimately get to winning the whole thing, man. Uh, so you got to figure out a way to get one at a minimum in the Trevor Lawrence-Doug Peterson tenure. And uh, we'll continue to look at ways today that they may be able to position themselves better this offseason. If you want to get in, 641-1010. If you want to talk Jaguar football in any of its forms or uh, news from around the National Football League, you can hit us up on Twitter as well, at MD underscore 1010XL, at 1010XL, Fat Tony, and at IME2, the T. Come on, somebody. Morning, E.T. What's happening? How are you? Uh, you know, a little razzle-dazzle, something like nothing special. So what, now what, huh? <laughs> or what? That's that's the shirt you're wearing today. You got now your, what? Your so what, now what? I don't know. We'll find out now what. So what? Forever. forever. So what? We won the division. So what? what? We won a playoff game. Yeah, now so what? What? Yeah. what are we going to do now? All right. Yeah. Uh, we're off and rolling. If you want to get in, you know the ways to do it. You're listening to Jaguars today on this Tuesday here on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Now, more Jaguars today on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All right, probably not hard for people to figure out who the national pundits feel are the two best players on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Well, Trevor Lawrence obviously going to be one, and if most people are paying attention, Tyson Campbell would likely be the next guy that mm-hmm. earns the most consistent praise out of anybody uh, out there. And so it's no shock that they're the two players that came in in uh, yesterday's first 25 in Pro Football Focus's top 101 players, <clears throat> excuse me, from the 2022 season. They released the next 25 today. No Jags in it. You got to presume there's nobody. Like Christian Kirk's not busting into the top 50. Probably not. Um, there are a lot of great wide receivers in this league. So it's interesting. Yeah, they Just, got Jalen Waddle at 66. Yeah. I, I doubt they got Kirk ahead of Waddle. I doubt it. Um, yeah. I mean, some of these. Demario Davis at 52 is a good player, right? Mm-hmm. Davis has been one of the best linebackers in football. This year was no exception. He recorded four pass breakups in coverage. Four? Okay. <laughs> Racked up 43 defensive stops. Whatever. What? Whatever they grade those to be. Yeah, I don't know what that, that is. Yeah. While earning impressive grades in every area except tackling, where 17 misses were a rare below average turn for him. Well, isn't that like one of the primary jobs of being a linebacker? It's like, hey, he's a good quarterback except for throwing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this wasn't strong with the throwing portion of being the quarterback. But um, nevertheless, Demario Davis at 52. So take it with a big grain of salt. Yeah. Um, but nevertheless, uh, yeah, you I have. I read that and I think, well, maybe Foyer has a shot. Maybe, right? right? Like, I, I mean, if you're going to put Demario, I, I, but I doubt it, right? I, I, I really doubt it. Uh, but who knows? Uh, but Tyson Campbell comes in at number 90. Overall, Campbell took a big leap forward in year two in the NFL. Former second-round draft pick, finished with nine pass breakups. Wasn't beaten for a pass longer than 25 yards all year. Gave up just 9.7 yards per catch despite lining up exclusively, almost exclusively, on the outside. Trevor Lawrence at 94. See, 
you need to put together a list. Somebody needs to do a list of if you're starting a franchise, who would you take? Mm-hmm. Where does Trevor Lawrence rank on that list? Third? Tenth? Somewhere between three and ten. Somewhere in there, yep. Right? Like, it, I think they'd go Mahomes-Burrow would be the top two on the list. Mahomes already got two Super Bowls. He's been to the AFC title game every year. He's been a starter. You know, and Burrow has already made Cincinnati a strong contender, been to a Super Bowl. You know, I don't have a problem with that. No. Um, but if you're starting a franchise, would you take Josh Allen right now or would you take Trevor Lawrence who's like four years younger? That's I'd, a lot of meat left on the bone there with Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I'd probably take Trevor. I probably would too. You know, so you look at this 94th best player in the league. I mean, how many of these guys? Cameron Curl? Cameron Curl of the Commanders. Safety at 93. You're going to take Cameron Curl over Trevor Lawrence? Come on. Uh, after the disaster that was the Urban Meyer tenure in Jacksonville, writes Pro Football Focus, Lawrence first turned the corner in year two and then went on to play as well as any quarterback in the league. By the end of it, from week nine onward, only Burrow and Mahomes earned better grades from Pro Football Focus. That seems to me like a guy who's going to take a leap way into the top 50 next yeah, year. Yeah, you would think. And at least the way that they said their criteria work for this list and makes the DeMario Davis pick even weirder uh, to me. It, they said based solely on play in 2022, right, is the way that they said it, but then mentioned it's a down year for Davis. But it's, Right, like he missed all these tackles, which is not normal for him. They had Geno Smith ahead. And I'll, you know what? I looked up his numbers, and that's fine. Yeah, you know what? Geno had a great like, year. Nobody would take. Geno Smith over Trevor Lawrence, right? Uh, But he threw for a few more yards. He threw for six more touchdowns, only three more interceptions, uh, maybe five more touchdowns, excuse me. Um, Only three more interceptions, had a higher completion percentage, had a higher quarterback rating than Trevor Lawrence across the board. So, yeah, Geno had a great year, really did. Um, Is that sustainable? God knows. You know, I mean, you know, talk about, the definition of a journeyman, he may be in a groove here now, Tony. He may have, you know, he may be Rich Gannon, right? Where he finally finds the right team, the right offensive system for himself, has enough confidence in himself, enough experience that he puts it all together for a three or four year run of really good football. I think that's possible. I know Seattle wants him back. Uh, it's interesting the way they put it the other day um, that when it comes to negotiating with Geno Smith, we feel like we're in it. I always felt, I felt like it was just like a, an accepted fact that Gino would be back in Seattle. You that would think both yeah. sides wanted it to happen. That seemed more like well, we hope we're competitive uh, in the Gino sweepstakes. I mean, you don't want to franchise tag Gino Smith and pay him forty whatever million dollars. You wouldn't think, but you trade away Russell Wilson and Gino takes you to the playoffs. What what does he have to do? No, I hear right. you. And, and the, the numbers he put up were outstanding. Across, you know, 4,200 yards, 30 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Really, really good. I guess the question is, you know, did he catch lightning in a bottle? Mm-hmm. Uh, they're there all the time. They would know better than we would know as far as that goes. Uh, 6 4 one, 10, 10, if you want to get on board. Uh, let's go to Jesse in St. Petersburg. Going to lead us off today on Jaguars Today. Good morning, Jesse. What's on your mind? Hi, guys. How y'all doing today? Good. So I was wondering, since we, uh, you know, Jim Bob left and yeah. took the, the coordinated position at, at the Colts, if we shouldn't maybe try and talk Byron into coming back, you know, and uh, being the passing game coordinator. 
You know, what, I was just curious what your thoughts is on that. Uh, my my thought is a year after interviewing for the head coaching job, I doubt Byron Leftwich would want to come in as an assistant offensive coach in the same organization. That's mm-hmm. my guess, right? Like, and I don't know this. I've never I've been talking to talked to Byron in years, uh, but you know, I'm just trying to think if it were me and I got close and I felt like the job was going to be mine, and we all know who knows exactly how it went down, right? There was uh, Byron said, hey, I, I'd like the job only if I get to pick who the GM is. Well, as a first-time head coach, he didn't have that kind of clout mm-hmm. and was unable to get that done, and they were going to stick with Trent Baalke. And I think for the most part it worked out here, but I don't know. I mean, look, I'd be all about it if that if Byron were interested in it, you know, and I'm curious to see if Doug Peterson looks to fill that role because if you missed it, Jim Bob Cooter did agree to become the offensive coordinator in the division for the Indianapolis Colts. You can't blame him. That's a promotion, right? He's been an OC before. I'm sure at some point he has designs on being a head coach in the National Football League, so he's trying to move up the ladder, and it's a shame that the Jags lose anybody out of that brain trust that was surrounding Trevor Lawrence. But uh, as far as passing game coordinator, yeah, I'd be all about Byron Leftwich coming on board. I just – I don't know what his options are right now. Tone, you know, like I, I, I imagine he could be somebody's quarterback's coach or passing game coordinator, but I haven't heard much in the way of interest since he's been let go in Tampa. Um, it just, to me, human nature would tell me that you wouldn't want to come in for a position. It's not even an OC position, right? Where like, where is that in the pecking order? You know, is it is it below quarterbacks coach? Is it above quarterbacks coach? Mm-hmm. Whatever. Um, I, I, my guess is that Byron would want to probably go to a different area and get a fresh start. Yeah. And we don't, I don't have answers as to how close they actually were Mm -hmm. to hiring Byron Leftwich last year, right? Like it, it felt like it was imminent given some of the conversations that we had, uh, for that week or so. Right. And then it was gone. Right. right? The the possibility of Byron Leftwich coming here was gone. And uh, you and I talked about it. I was totally on board for Byron Leftwich becoming the head coach of the Jaguars. Would have been fine. Would have been happy with that being the hire if that's the direction they had gone. If, indeed, it got as close as it sounds like it got and then the Jaguars went in another direction, I agree. It's hard to imagine that Byron's going to be like, yeah, I'll come be your pass game coordinator. Right. I, I don't think that's the way it would work out. But if, if it wasn't as close as we – are basically assuming that it was. Right. Right. Last year, if it wasn't really those kind of conversations going on, do I think it's more of a possibility? Maybe. But if he thinks he was a heartbeat away from being in the big office, right? Sure. And running the show, I think that's tough to. It's tough. You know, imagine if you interviewed for a job anywhere, right? Like, um, you know, maybe somewhere where you first started and they want to bring you back as the supervisor, the, you know, the big boss, whatever the case may be. And, and you come close and it doesn't work out, and then a year later, well, we'd love to have you back in a significantly less impactful yeah. position. I and mean, look, I can't speak for Byron, but that, no. that's how I'd feel. And I haven't heard Byron's name anywhere. No, me either. Right? Like, I just haven't heard his name anywhere, so I don't know what his options are. There was a, point, a thought that he might go to Pittsburgh and they'd get rid of Matt Canada. Yeah. Uh, and let me tell you what, I've had a couple of Pittsburgh reporters on since the end of the season on Sirius XM, and nobody can believe that Matt Canada still has a job there. They really did. So that was one, you know, where a franchise where he played for a little while, yep. uh, made some sense, 
Uh, but did he play for Tomlin there, I guess. Yeah, probably did. Yeah, I mean, Tomlin's been there quite a while yeah. now. Um, so that made sense, you know. And maybe he could end up there in that kind of role. I think it's a good question. Yeah, uh, Jesse. You know, I'd like, be thrilled if Byron wanted to come be the pass game. If he wanted to come be yeah. a part of it, right? Like, hey, good for you, man, and hopefully for you. A year from now, you're doing the Jim Bob Cooter walk out of town to, to go take another job. I yep. mean, ultimately, that's a good thing. It stinks in the short term. Like, I want everything to be as same because there was a lot of growth for Trevor Lawrence. So I'd love for the same kind of Petri dish to be in place for him mm -hmm. to continue to thrive and grow. But, you know, ultimately, that's a sign of, wow, you had a lot of success and people come – knocking on your door when you've had success. And fortunately for the Jags, it wasn't Doug Peterson and one other guy as his right-hand man. He had Press Taylor, who uh, there was interest from the Ravens in speaking with Press Taylor about their job. Uh, and then you have Mike McCoy in there as well. I mean, there's still a lot of brain power, but um, it's an interesting one, you know? Sure, and I didn't see Mia mention any names with it last night, but I did see her tweeting that she – had gotten some kind of information that the Jags are at least evaluating candidates for the pass game coordinator as of last night. Now, I don't know if that means it's imminent here in the next day or two, and you know we can go ask Mia whenever she gets in the office. I haven't seen her come in yet uh, this morning, but I at least saw her tweeting out about that last night. So I it, it sounds like the Jags are at least considering keeping a pass game coordinator in the building, right? And who that name will be, like who's going to take over those duties, obviously we don't know yet. If Byron left with your merch as a candidate, great. I'd be all aboard. Sure. You know, and I, I we all like Byron. I hope that he gets a chance to continue his coaching career. Oh, I'm sure he will somewhere. You know? and, and if it's here in Jacksonville, all the better, you know, to have that guy back in Jacksonville. That'd be awesome. But yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, look, again, I, it feels like that'd be more of a, a Byron kind of thing no you doubt. know and it almost uh do you want to humble yourself to take that kind of position and you might have to take that kind of position somewhere but do you want to do it with a team that you felt like you were getting close to maybe taking over right. and running it entirely and then that to kind of sit back and have it not be exactly what you dreamed of being so you know we'll find out um uh, and I wish the best for Byron yeah. but someone mentioned on the text line that he had been considered for the Notre Dame offensive coordinator job. I do remember yeah. seeing that, yes. And I just did a quick search. He was in talks for that job, but obviously didn't get it. Yeah, I do recall that now that they mentioned that. Thank you for bringing that up. Uh, you know, you forget sometimes you see yeah. those little blurbs. And I remember even thinking, because I, I, I remember now seeing that when I was doing a show on Sirius and thinking, oh, good for Byron. You know, because that'd be, a you know, in terms of collegiate jobs, if you're not a head coach, that's a pretty prestigious job to have right no and yeah. uh, keep yourself back keep yourself in the mix uh so to speak hey let me just run through uh the players on this pff list that are kind of around trevor lawrence and uh, tyson campbell and again they're basing this on this year alone who is better this year trevor lawrence or lamar jackson uh trevor lawrence was i mean lamar had a hot start to the yeah. year like the first three games uh, particularly weeks two and three were outstanding, but uh, 17 touchdowns, seven interceptions. You know, he threw for 2,200 yards, completion percentage 62%, which is about four spots lower uh, than Trevor Lawrence's was. Quarterback rating, um, roughly four or five spots lower yeah. than Trevor uh, Lawrence. He was, he, 
Lamar was on his way to another thousand yard rushing year. Yeah. I mean, he's 764 in 12 games. So he was on his way to another one of those big ones. Uh, I don't know. I it's, think it's close. I, it is. Yeah. And they came in close on the list, yeah. by the way. Uh, let me see if I can grab this here. You had uh, at 100, uh, 101, J.C. Horn touting. Horn is now allowed just 313 yards in his NFL career. Well, J.C. Horn missed <laughs> how much time? I, I mean, he, he played three games as a rookie, and he played 13 out of 17 this year. So by today's standards of, of a 17-game season, he hasn't played a full year. So don't be amazed by the overall low totals he's given up because he missed half of his career so sure, far. Yeah. Um, whatever. J.C. Horn at 101, the corner for Carolina. Uh, Rodney McLeod, the safety for the Colts. He's an okay player. Legarius mm-hmm. Sneed of the Chiefs. Wow. Uh, right, I know. From Con- week eight onward with McLeod, they said he earned the second best overall PFF grade among all safeties. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, Connor Williams of the Miami Dolphins offensive lineman. Kirk Cousins at 97. Joe Tooney of the Chiefs, uh, the offensive lineman. Corey Lindsley, the offensive lineman of the Chargers. Then Trevor. Cameron Curl, we told you the Washington safety. Lamar Jackson. Kyle Hamilton, the Baltimore safety. And then Tyson Campbell, one spot behind James Bradbury. I think, uh, honestly, I'd be surprised if Trevor doesn't vault into the top 50 mm-hmm. next year. And quite frankly, if he has the kind of year that he's capable of, maybe much higher than that. Yeah, and I think even the write-up with Trevor there in the list kind of indicated the first half of the season was just kind of eh, right? And then the second half, he had that kind of big leap, right? (laughs) Like you're talking about for next year, and if he has a whole season like that, yeah, for sure. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if he's top 25 if he has a whole season like that. All right, Evan Ingram was on Sirius XM NFL Radio yesterday talking about his pending free agency and the potential for the Jags to use the franchise tag. We'll hear what he said coming up next and discuss that your Chad and Sandy real estate question of the day. Ask you, will the Jags use the tag on Jawan Taylor, Evan Ingram, or neither of them uh, right now uh, for the 2023 season as the tag window opened up today? Mike Dempsey and Tony Smith, along with ET, here with you. This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Now, more Jaguars today on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All right, question of the day today about the franchise tag for the National Football League. Will the Jags use it on Jawan Taylor, Evan Ingram, or decline to use it at all this year? You can vote uh, on our Twitter poll today, at MD underscore 1010XL. And granted, you know, you're going to have to kind of figure out in your mind, do the Jags get a deal done with Evan Ingram, and if they don't, do you feel like they're going to use the tag? I don't think Evan Ingram – I still feel overwhelmingly like he's a member of the team, the Jaguars, this year. I do too. Um, you know, don't know that for a fact, um, particularly if they value Jawan Taylor maybe more than we do in terms of how much they'd pay him financially, and maybe they reserve the tag uh, for an offensive lineman. I find that not not impossible to believe, but – not the most likely scenario, let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, we'll hear from Evan Ingram coming up here in a moment. I uh, didn't get back around to yesterday, uh, just the poll we did on Friday, just because it closed after the show. I wanted to give the final numbers because they did change a little bit uh, here. And uh, we asked you if you could bring back one 
of these former Jags, which one would you want back? You could have Unique Ngakwe, Jalen Ramsey, or neither uh, one of those. And obviously, you'd have to make it work salary cap-wise and compensation-wise. When we left on Friday, I want to say Jalen had the most votes, like at 40%. That meant 60% didn't want him back. But out of any one option, he had the most. He fell off. We had ended up with over 1,100 votes, which is good for one of those one-day polls. Uh, for us, uh, 37% went for Ramsey. 39.5% said neither one, and a lot of vocal people about that. I, I didn't feel as strongly about Jan coming back. I feel like that's more of a Jan versus the team thing. I feel like Jalen Ramsey stuck a knife in everybody's back uh, who supports the Jacksonville Jaguars. And then said he didn't while he was holding the knife. Right. Like, that's the part that really gets you. It's like, I mean, you know, are you ever going to say you were wrong? And man? then laughed about it. Yeah. Immediately after leaving, like, yeah, what a funny joke that was. See how I played them. Uh, but anyway, uh, Unique Ngakwe got 23.4% of that vote among people thinking, uh, which one would you want back, by the way? Not who do you think is likely to come back. I don't think either one is likely to come back. Um, you know, although positionally, they'd both be a big fit for yes, the Jaguars this offseason. No question about it. All right. So Evan Ingram goes on Sirius XM NFL Radio Yesterday, in the midst of um, him being an impending free agent, the franchise tag window opens up today. Of course, that doesn't mean you have to apply the tag anywhere close to today. You have until the 7th of March. So the idea is you negotiate, try to get a deal done, and then push comes to shove. You make the hard decision on one of your guys, potentially. Uh, here was Evan Ingram yesterday on SiriusXM NFL Radio discussing Free agency coming up. His thoughts about remaining with the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is my second time really going through the free agency thing. Um, last year, I was definitely more bouncing off the walls, trying to find out everything, trying to get every bit of piece of information, and was a little bit stressing myself out. Uh, so this year, I'm definitely kicking back, letting everything kind of play out. I have a great team in my corner. Uh, my agent, Mike McCartney, and with Vayner Sports, uh, they're a great group, and I'm really excited for them to get to work for me. And um, the conversations we had are very promising. He has a great relationship with the Jags, so um, hopefully something gets done. And, and, uh, and I think, you know, it's mutual. We haven't had too many conversations yet, but um, the interest is there on both sides for me to come back, and obviously I, I would love to come back as well. Um, but like you said, it's a business, um, and I uh, definitely uh, um, felt like, you know, I, I put a lot of great things on film. Uh, I had a lot of great results um, this year, and um, I was a big part of helping my team win. So um, when you do that at, at, the, at the pass catcher position, um, you have a lot of highlight plays, and, you know, you're doing something special with the football. Um, you know, those guys get taken care of financially wise. So um, that's something that's been a big goal of mine my entire career. And um, now we're here. And so definitely got a lot of faith in God, too, uh, for him to just kind of, you know, take everything and, you know, put it on the way that he wants it for me and, you know, not the way I want it for myself. So I'm really at peace with everything. Um, and definitely, uh, you know, what, what, what will happen is, is supposed to happen. There is some speculation that if they can't get a deal done with you, they'll use the franchise tag. Again, out of your control, all players react to that differently. How would you feel if they did use the franchise tag on you? It's a hypothetical, so um, it could happen, it could not. But, um, you know, if that happens, uh, I think that, that'll be a placeholder, you know, for, to get something done. Um, I think that's just uh, kind of just the way I feel about it and, if it does come to that, you know, there'll be conversations had with my team and, 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 we'll, and we'll move forward from there. But um, if that does happen, I'm going to be blessed either way. And we'll figure something out long term that can, you know, both sides will be happy with. All right. So that was Evan Ingram yesterday on Sirius XM 
NFL radio uh, and I feel like has been well-groomed by his representatives, right? <laughs> like, seriously, it's subtle, but what he talked about a, a number of things uh, multiple times about being taken care of financially-wise. When you are a pass-catching tight end in football, you have a, a lot of highlight plays. Like, that's, you know, does anybody – Travis Kelsey's probably a pretty decent blocker. Does anybody really care, right, that much about it? NFL teams do, I'm sure, right? But you know mm-hmm. you're getting paid if you're Travis Kelsey on the fact that you're catching 1,300 yards worth of balls and 10 touchdowns and you're an offensive weapon. Not that, you know, Mercedes Lewis not breaking the bank as the blocking specialist up in Green Bay for the last however many years he's been up there sure. with the Packers, for instance. So, you know, he talked about that, and then he talked about the franchise tag, and I think he handled this very well. Some guys get, you know, a little up in arms about the idea of even being tagged, like, hey, I've earned the right to hit the market. And even if they say the right things, you can tell in their demeanor that they're going to be pretty ticked off if they get tagged. Ingram knows he can't do anything about it, and he knows there's a decent chance, and the way he is positioning it, all right, you know, if that happens, that's going to be the starting point for us to get a long-term deal Yeah, it out. extends the window for us to get a long-term deal done. Sure. Yeah, is kind of the way that he uh, described it there at the end. It didn't sound like he'd be thrilled if that's the direction it had to they go. They usually aren't. Right, though. and you can understand the guy, and especially a guy like Ingram, this is a first-round pick. I wound up leaving the Giants after his fourth year up there, so he didn't get the extension from the Giants, signs a one-year deal, kind of prove-it deal here in Jacksonville. So he's still waiting to get that big payday, right? That that second contract, the big one uh, for these NFL players. He played well enough last year that, yeah, he earned it, right? With the way that he played last year, he earned an opportunity to get some kind of bigger deal than a one-year prove-it-to-me uh, deal if you're Evan Ingram. And, look, I think we all feel – or I certainly feel like there's incentive on both sides for that to get done somehow, right? Like more that three-year deal range for Evan Ingram here in Jacksonville. There's an incentive for that to get done, but if it can't happen, I think the Jags would be foolish to not have him here under the franchise yeah, tag. Yeah, right, and it, under that scenario, if he is here under the franchise tag, I, it does change the draft calculus a little bit, right? Like, if it's just truly under a one-year franchise tag deal, you tried to work out a long-term deal, and the two sides are too far apart, I don't think that takes anything off the table, right? Just if he's here under the franchise tag. If you get an extension done of three or more years, then I can't see drafting a tight end early. In the NFL I can't draft. either. And no. I, I know people have said, oh, man, imagine how devastating that offense would be. I think it would be way too much of a luxury. Now, I'm the guy who says you shouldn't maybe pass on B. John Robinson or at least consider him, and I get it. That would be a luxury as well. I just think B. John Robinson is more of a sure thing. And, and in terms of where you're going to see him graded compared to the overall crop of incoming rookies, mm-hmm. he's going to be – head and shoulders above all these tight ends. Well, I think if they wind up not being able to get a long-term deal done, even if they franchise tag Ingram, right, and they don't have a long-term deal done, they're going into the draft, then no, I think tight end is in play in the first round. Uh, Still for the Jags at that point, potentially. Because tight ends, as we've discussed several times over the last couple weeks, they usually don't come in the league ready-made products. No. Right? Like, it takes a year or two for these guys to find their NFL footing. So, if you have Evan Ingram under contract for one more year, 
right? And you say, you know what? We're going to get a young guy. We're going to develop this guy, right? In the first couple days of the NFL draft, that makes all the sense in the world to me at that point. I, I think what takes tight end off the table is a three-year deal for Ingram. I agree with you. Yeah, three-year deal. If, if it's three years or longer, and I, I don't think he's looking to sign like a two-year kind of contract. They wanted him to sign a multi-year deal when they signed him last year, maybe just two, Yeah, but they wanted a little more shorty. So from the Jags standpoint, okay, you paid him, call it $9 million last year, a tick over maybe, and mm-hmm. this would be a tick over 11, call it $20 million, two years, $10 million per um, for the production he gave you last year. That would be well worth it. The question is, does it fit under your salary cap? And obviously, I think the goal is they, they'd love to have him locked up on a four-year deal which lowers that cap number significantly this year, takes tight end early off the table. You don't have to worry about the position. You still need to fill out your tight end room. You still only have two under contract, but you can get a Chris Manhurts type, you know, a, a guy who's a blocking specialist without breaking the bank. Yeah. Um. You know, uh, does Mercedes Lewis want to keep playing? I don't know. You know, I'd bring him in for a year. Uh, he's been a great blocking tight end ever since he left the Jaguars. But just as an example, you're not going to have to pay an exorbitant amount for that type of player. You wouldn't be able to afford to. Anyway, and really, beyond Evan Ingram, who got looks at tight end this year, right? Nobody. And now you got to make sprinkling of opportunities every now and then. Every now and then, yeah. right? And sure, I mean, you oh, I remember Dan Arnold caught this great. But it wasn't like, you know, when people go, well, you know, he had Zach Ertz, Doug Peterson did, when they drafted Dallas Goddard. They also didn't have a receiver with, like, 900 yards on that Super Bowl team, right? I mean, you've got a 1,000-yard a receiver in Christian Kirk, and you're adding, you hope, Calvin Ridley, who I'm sure they're presuming is going to be another 1,000-yard-plus mm-hmm. type weapon if he's available to them for all 17 games this year. So if you've got that and you have Ingram and you still have Zay Jones and you got to get the ball to to ETN X amount of times, what do you you know? It, it seems like such a luxury to go with another pass catching tight end yeah, at that I point. Yeah, I did in time. see um, Shifley's going through his kind of draft prospects, mm-hmm. looking at him for the first time, really. And I did see he went through Mayer here in the last day or so, right? With yeah, a lot I saw, of his stuff. I saw him. Coming out this morning, uh, but I remember one of the things he said is that he thought Mayer makes more sense for the Jags at 24 if you're going to draft a tight end or wide receiver than anybody else in the draft to him. Um, if the Jags are going to go with one of those two skill positions at 24, and he even included even if Ingram is back uh, next year. Now, I haven't read his article and write up on it to understand the reasoning for that, but I know... That was at least the takeaway I saw on Twitter. Well, he also, I I saw on Twitter, he said uh, he'd be more in the Chris Manhurts role than the Evan Ingram role with this football team. I'm I'm just not, I'm not doing it, man. I'm not, not if, uh, again, if Ingram's back on a multi-year deal, I'd rather draft a wide receiver at that point. I probably would too. Then, uh, I mean, you don't know what you're going to get out of Calvin Riddle. He'd also be on a one-year prove-it deal and who has not played football in a couple of years and is an older player compared to at least Evan Ingram you know turn I think he turns 30 this year if I'm not mistaken so um anyway uh just that's what Evan Ingram had to say about the whole situation what player does want to get the franchise tag um usually none but uh, not going to read that as a sign that they can't get something done at least he's hopeful bottom line you can don't even have to read between the lines he just wants to get paid 
You know, like, hey, I put myself in this position. Yep. He did gamble on himself to some degree because the Jags probably would have given him more guaranteed money if he signed a multi-year deal. And he said, no, I'm just going to take the one year, come in there, uh, and hope that the Trevor Lawrence-led offense takes a big step forward, and it did last year. And he put up big numbers, so uh, he's an attractive player out there in today's pass-happy National Football League. So, again, the uh, Jaguars – Today, Chad and Sandy Real Estate question of the day. Will the Jags use the franchise tag on anyone this year? Yes, they'll use it on Evan Ingram. Yes, they'll use it on Juwan Taylor. Or no, they won't tag anyone. You can vote at MD underscore 1010XL on that one. And, um, you know, we can uh, get into that a little bit more in hour number two if you're so inclined. Also, at uh, NFL.com today, a story on unheralded players that should be kept off the market by their teams. That includes one Arden Key with the Jacksonville Jaguars. We'll discuss how realistic that is. Coming up next, Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, and E.T. You're listening to Jaguars today on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Everything you need to know about the Jags. Jaguars today on 1010XL. I want to get to the story on NFL.com on unheralded players who should be kept off the market by their teams, including Arden Key of your Jacksonville Jaguars. But uh, Tony, I was just talking on the break, did see this morning on SportsCenter, Jeff Darlington, who he's just national NFL now, right? Mm -hmm. He was Miami for a number of years. Yep. Anyway, um, he was doing a piece on, I don't know if it was trades that should be made, could be made, just kind of like throwing some bold things out there, I think, you know, like that would shake up the National Football League offseason, but still had a chance of actually happening. And one of them was the Tennessee Titans trading Derrick Henry to the Buffalo Bills. Yes, please. Um, I mean, seriously, <laughs> like at this point, like what do you think the Titans feel about themselves? Mm -hmm. Honestly, right? They were the number one seed in the entire conference two seasons ago and then flamed out in the postseason this year. They had a multi-game lead on the AFC South. Tannehill gets hurt, and they go into a, a death spiral induced in part by the Jags' pair of victories over them. I, I think you, if you're Tennessee, you can make a case that, look, if we've got Tannehill back at quarterback, and they've got their own cap issues and all that as well to deal with, but if they have Tannehill back at quarterback, Tony, without much different, they're probably saying to themselves, well, we win the division if we don't have to play Malik Willis for a number of games or Joshua Dobbs down the stretch of the season after we just signed him uh, less than two weeks prior. Uh, or could they look at it and say, you know what? There's some cracks in the facade here. We need to reset, go find that quarterback. Maybe it's not Malik Willis, and we need to get as much as we can for Derrick Henry while there's still much to be gotten for Derrick Henry. Yeah, Buffalo feels like a weird trade partner for that for me people people i think people look at it and like they don't have a stud running back right no, they've got james they cook they've got devin yeah. singletary they don't need one necessarily. they don't try correct but right? i guess they're saying if they had that would it make that offense almost unstoppable you know I, yeah like i get that idea from the outside but i i know anytime i'm watching the bills offense you know i'll be watching it going why don't they run the ball ever why don't they run the ball? Like it's just because they're really good at what right. they do. It's just not part, of, especially playing in that part of the country 
going through the winter that they're going to have to play in, a team like that that just basically says, no, we don't have to worry about it. You know, they invested in Cook this year and used him a little bit. They used him more later in the year than they did basically the first half uh-huh. of the season. Um, so maybe they're making a turn towards that. But, I mean, their short yardage runner is Allen. Now, do I think they need to find a solution other than Allen to be that guy? Yeah, I do. I don't know if they see it the same way. It just it's a weird I think I could fit see to me. I, I could see the idea that all right, Buffalo's been knocking on the door. And you could argue that they took a step backwards this year, right? That mm-hmm. it certainly didn't progress forward because now they're gonna be measured by at a minimum getting to the Super Bowl, if not winning it outright, right? Like they've got the team. They're in, that window is right now, this minute. So, uh, is Singletary a free agent? Yes. Right, so he's he walks. You got Cook, who maybe becomes your passing down back if you need that kind of player. You've got Derrick Henry as a game closer. He's pr- not going to get as many carries in Buffalo no. as he would, but maybe he has, you know, for him, they're more effective carries, right? Because you've got such a threat with Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis and those other guys stretching the field. It was more like whether or not the Bills would pursue him, Darlington's trying to make a match, right? Sure. And I, I think get the, the idea question of is matching. Would, would Tennessee, yeah. would Tennessee yeah. want to move on from Yeah, him? I get the idea of matching Buffalo with a big-time running back. Like, I, I get the allure of doing that kind of thing. I'm not even thing. sure Buffalo wants a big-time running back, I, though. I don't think they do. I really don't. I, I, I think they're content doing it the way they're doing it right now. And it's not like they're hurting for offense. No, uh, they got plenty of offense. So I don't think that makes it it, anything that would get Derrick Henry away from the Titans and out of the division all for it, you know? Right. Well, I mean, I have no issue with that. Makes a move like that. They are turning it over. Yeah. Right. And they're, they're looking up and saying, we're not able to compete. I don't think they're going to feel that way. I don't either. Quite frankly. Now the, the, the tricky thing is what is Derrick Henry now? 29 years old. Something like that. Right. So, I think they could get another 1,500-yard season out of him from what he looked like this year. I mean, yeah, some, you're going to hit the wall eventually. I don't know if it's coming all at once for Derrick Henry. I didn't see an indication that that was happening this past year. Yeah. So, you know, I think they could ride him for another very successful campaign. The question for them is what what's their, their ultimate goal is to win a championship. Do they think the team presently – put together is close enough to do that by adding a few more pieces or do they feel like they're better off moving an asset right now while you can still get a lot for that guy you know I saw people debating what should the Patriots have traded Tom Brady a year before he became a free agent what could they have done and and would you you take that hit Mm -hmm. initially but now where are you you're kind of in that purgatory of yeah "Eh, we'll contend for a playoff spot but even if we get in there we know we're not good enough to win the whole thing yeah the AFC is tough, man. It like, is. Like and, you got to find a way to beat factor. those top teams. Yeah. I mean, they were the t- the Titans were the number one seed just two years ago. So they can look at it like, hey, we could put ourselves in position where the playoffs had to come through Nashville. Now we can all debate that and agree or disagree and say, mm-hmm. hey, Trevor Lawrence is going to run this division. But from their standpoint, they're looking at it like our quarterback. If we don't lose our quarterback, this whole talk about this great Jaguar renaissance yeah. never takes place. No, yeah, it's just a Jaguars team that got a lot better this year. Right, right. Oh, they got like, a lot better, they're coming, but yeah. guess what? We still won the division. Yeah. That's what they're thinking yeah. anyway. Whether they're right or not, nobody knows because you still have to play those games. Yeah, and not 
you know, we're not talking Titans football every day. We're talking Jaguars football every day. But my guess would be from the outside looking in that Tennessee is a whole lot closer to, you know what, we're going to try to get a little aggressive with finding a short-term solution at quarterback for the next couple of years, ride, ride Derrick Henry into the sunset, right, and see if we can go make one more run at this thing. Would I think they're closer to being that kind of team than the team that's going to sell off assets, in my opinion. You, so you think they, they would try to find another quarterback Potential. I think they would be more likely to try and bring in, you know, say it's Rodgers, whoever, right? Derek Carr, that kind of thing. Like, I think they're more likely to be competing for one of those guys to try to make the competitive right now than they would be likely to trade away Derrick Henry, I think. But, again, it's just from the outside looking in. Ryan Tannehill right now, uh, if you released him mm-hmm. – He'd cost you almost $19 million against the cap. But that is still saving about half of his cap number right now. Now, next, this is it. This is, you know, you got to make that decision. I, I don't see them. I know what you're saying. Like, if you could land an Aaron Rodgers. First of all, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to play in Nashville. Probably not. Tennessee. I haven't heard them connected even speculatively with, like, the Derek Carrs or the Jimmy Garoppolo's of the world, and are you just replacing the known for the unknown when it comes to that? Tennessee, by the way, is in about a a similar but not identical cap situation to Jacksonville. They have the fourth fewest cap space. Jags have the third fewest or third least uh, in the league, but Tennessee has about $9 million more in cap space than the Jaguars have. And if you traded Tannehill, that's the thing. Is there a team out there that would – trade for Ryan Tannehill, take him on, and feel like he's a big enough upgrade that they would take on $27 bucks, and I think he's in the last year of his deal on top of that. I don't know if that's Yeah, very probably likely. not with the quarterbacks available in the you market. You wouldn't think, right? Yeah. Like, why trade for Tannehill if you could just sign Garoppolo yeah. maybe for a similar amount of money? Now, granted, there are a finite amount of quarterbacks available, and they're not all on that level. Right? If Rodgers... Goes to a team, he's only going to one team. Yep. All right, so let's say he goes to the Jets or or the Raiders. Let's say he goes to the Raiders. Carr, maybe he goes to the Jets, maybe he goes to the Saints, right? Mm-hmm. Um, let's say he goes to the Jets. Okay, are the Saints in on Jimmy Garoppolo? Are the Bucks in on Jimmy Garoppolo? Can the Bucks be in on anybody? <laughs> Seriously, at $55 million over the salary cap. But yeah. It's interesting to just at least start to see a little bit of a national uh, – I wouldn't say full-blown conversation, but an inkling that, hey, maybe Tennessee's getting to the point where they need to blow it up here with a piece that clearly if they feel like they're a contender, they're not moving on from Derrick Henry. And I think that's at least, they may not say it in any of the write-ups, but I think that's at least partially informed by Jacksonville's here, right? Absolutely. Like, I think that's part of that too. You know, if, if Tennessee had found a way to win one more game, over the second half of last season, I don't think that kind of conversation doesn't even come up. Might not. Right. But they didn't. They, they didn't. lost all those games, and they are where they are with one year left with Ryan Tannehill and then trying to figure – they got one year left with Tannehill and one year with Henry. Despite all that, and again, playing heavy devil's advocate here, right, Tennessee Titans going, didn't we sign a guy off the street and like two weeks later he almost beat the Jaguars on the road? I mean, that's a true story. Sure. Right? And, and we're not for the – Sack fumble return for a touchdown with Rayshon Jenkins and Josh Allen. 
maybe we're talking about for the last month and a half, how the hell did the Jaguars let that team, led by Joshua Dobbs, certainly beat them? I mean, they're in position to do it that late. Uh, Derrick Henry turned 29 in January, so January 4th. So he'll be 30 right at the tail end of this season. Now, he didn't take on a massive workload early in his career, but three of the last four years, led the league in tack or in uh, carries and was on his way to an NFL record in 2021. I mean, through eight games, he had 219 carries. Like, the NFL record's yeah. like 420, something Somewhere like that, there, right? Yeah. So he was on pace, especially in his 17-game season, to blow away <laughs> the record for most carries. But outside of that, 303, 378, and this year, 349. But the average, I mean, he's not where he was in 2020 when he averaged 5.4 yards a pop. But 4.4, as much as they use him and they use him in all short yardage situations, I think he's still got another one of those seasons left in. I do too. You know, so the question is for the Titans, do they feel like collectively they've got enough? Because like you said, Jags are kind of in a window right now. They're not paying Trevor big money. They've got all these – even even with – if they want to make it work with Juwan Taylor, Evan Ingram, and Arden Key, I think they could stretch it and make it work out and push some money into the future. Pro Football Talk wrote a story today about how you should always be just pushing this money. This cap's going to keep going up. Yeah. Every year the cap rises. So, you know, whereas $1 million against a $200 million cap, to simplify it, is like half of 1% of your cap – $1 million on a $220 million salary cap is an even smaller percentage. Yeah. So the further you push that money off, generally the better you're going to be. Um, anyway, it'll be interesting to see what kind of moves. My my guess is they bring Tannehill back, maybe on an adjusted deal to lower the cap number for this year for one last hurrah yep. with the current group that they have. And if it doesn't work out, then you know maybe they draft the quarterback this year, but maybe they give Malik Willis one more year to see if he can develop on the bench, you know, as a third-round pick. It's not an insignificant investment in a quarterback, but it's not one that says you have to get him on the field. Clearly, certainly not. they d no. didn't play him over a guy that they signed two weeks prior, so he was definitely not ready. I don't know if he'll ever be the answer for Tennessee. Quite frankly, hope he's not, you know. <laughs> uh, all right, let's come back. Let's look at uh, what the NFL.com uh, piece has to say about Arden Key, the other free agent in this equation that th we don't talk nearly as much about today's question of the day presented by Chad and Sandy real estate. Will the Jags use the franchise tag? Yes. On Evan Ingram. Yes. On Jawan Taylor or no, they won't use the tag at all this year. You can vote at MD underscore 1010 XL on Twitter for that one. Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, and ET you're listening to Jaguars today on 1010 XL 92.5 FM. Everything you need to know about the Jags. Jaguars today on 1010XL. Ah, oh, what about the case of Arden Key with your Jacksonville Jaguars? Tony Smith, uh, how big of a priority? If let, Let's say Evan Ingram is your top priority. Is that fair to say over Jawan Taylor? Yes. All right, if Evan Ingram on a scale of 1 to 100 is a priority what? For you to retain for the Jaguars? Yeah, about 90. 90, 90, 95, I'd yeah. like to say. You know, for a number of reasons. A, good player, good locker room fit. I mean, good players, number one, clearly, but good locker room fit, right age range, um, fit for the offense, desire to be here, prevents you from having to 
spend an early pick on that position. Mm-hmm. You know what you're getting. Checks a ton of boxes, right? Yep. If he is a 90 on a scale of 1 to 100, he might be higher for me, but whatever. Let's say he's a 90. 9 out of 10, where's Arden Keefall in terms of your interest level and uh, how hard you're going to make work to make sure that he's back? Probably around a 70. That high? Yeah. Okay. Uh, here's what NFL.com had to say. This is a piece um, titled Free Agency, Unheralded Players Who Should Be Kept Off the Market by their teams. In other words, find a way to get this guy re-signed. And the one Jaguar on here is, of course, Arden Key, as we've mentioned. Mm-hmm. Here's what they said after a disappointing rookie year with the Raiders in 2018. Key has found his footing in the league as a versatile pass rusher who can move across the line, inking successive one-year deals in San Francisco and Jacksonville. The LSU product recorded a career-high 13.5% pressure rate this past season in Duval, providing a dominant Week 18 performance with nine pressures that helped send the Jaguars to the playoffs. The Jags could build on the late-season performance of their pass rush by bringing back Key, whose 24 pressures trailed only Nick Bosa in the NFL over the final five weeks of the regular season. This is according to NFL's tracking of them, mm-hmm. NFL.com's tracking of them, at least. But you look at it that way. Bosa had 25 pressures in the last five weeks, and Key had 24? That's pretty good for That's, a guy who doesn't yeah. play nearly the snaps that Nick Bosa plays. Why isn't he playing more? Is it diminishing returns when you when you play him more? You know what I mean? Like yeah. if, if the pressure rate is that high, stand to reason if you can maintain that, the more snaps you play, the more pressures you're going to get. Yeah, you would think. Um, yeah, I don't know what the answer to that would be. I mean, he gives you your best pass rusher on the inside on third down on your football team as well, right? Like I and that they mentioned with his ability to bump inside on the later downs, he can continue to be part of a talented third down pass rush front alongside Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker. <laughs> All right. In theory. They are talented. talented right. They, they didn't, they say, a, a lot they didn't of say productive. They said yeah, talented. A very skilled group. One uh, of you guys' uh, potential uh, gets coaches fired, right? Yeah. And then there's some saying. Yeah, no doubt. Lines. Look, as we're sitting here discussing it, and I think through it, for me, I would prioritize bringing back Key over I would Taylor. I might too, right? Because yeah. you don't – but. At what cost, though? Here's the thing. You had Arden Key last year. What did he end up with? Four, four and a half. Four and a half, yeah. right? You paid him $4 million. If you pay him 10, is he going to become a 10-sack guy? You know what I mean? Like, is Sure. Are, if you're getting what you got out of Arden Key this year, what is that worth? Is it worth? If, if you paid him twice what you paid him this year, is he still worth it if he gives you the exact same level of production? And... Do you think he's got more to give you if he's playing the same amount of snaps? Can he be more effective? I mean, second most pressures in the league in the last five games. Do you think that he could be that guy over the course of 17 games? Then we're talking. Mm -hmm. But I I don't know. I mean, I think a guy who comes off the bench and is kind of a pass rush specialist, as Key was at oftentimes this year, it's going to be hard to sustain that. I think you can have a burst of like where you're hot for a month or so. I don't know if you can sustain that playing that many snaps over the course of a full season. Yeah, maybe not. I, I just I think you look at the free agent market, and look, we've talked about the names that 
may or may not come available here in the next month. And we've talked about a guy like Justin Houston and, you know, that kind of veteran pathway. And by the way, if they found a way to re-sign Key, it doesn't take me out of the sweepstakes to bring in another veteran edge guy, right? Not like, if, they're, they're, if they're making what, like, Houston made last year. Yeah, like, I'd, I'd be fine with bringing back Key and adding another body. Houston uh, made, like, three group. million bucks, yeah. something like that, and and had nearly 10 sacks yeah. last year. Like, I... I don't think one excludes the other, but if you go look at the free agents potentially available along the defensive line, right, especially guys that give you any kind of edge pass rush potentially and have the flexibility that Key does to go inside, right? He's that kind of tweener defensive end playing in a 3-4, essentially is what he is right now. So he can stand up and rush if you need him to or put his hand in the dirt and move him around on the defensive line. I Looking at the list, I legit think Arden Key is one of the top five names available. I really do. And for a team that is already lacking in that area to have that guy inside your building, I I think it's a mistake if you can't figure out I hear what you're it. saying, but top five, is that dep- because of this class? You know what I mean? There's like- not much available. And what I'm saying is you're not improving. Right, like in going the free agent route and letting Key walk out the door, you're not getting better. Understood, and, but at what cost? Like, like he cost what four million this year? Yeah. Oh, sure, they'd love him back at four million sure. bucks. No, it's going to be more than that. Arden Key's going to want a lot more because than he's one of bucks. Like, I get it, and he sees the list too. There's just not much out there when it comes to helping your edge rush um, in free agency this year. So, uh, for me. I'd pour all that money, like all that Taylor money, maybe I'd, like 75% of what I'd pay Taylor, I'd give it to Key and wouldn't even look back. And then I'd give the other quarter of it maybe to a guy like Houston, right? And I'd pour that whole 14, 15 million. Into pass rush. Into pass rush. Yeah. And I would hate that gone. if they're able to get those two guys for the price of one, particularly because you have Walker Little yeah. already on the roster. Um, ESPN did a piece they put out this morning, the best team fits. For the top 50 available players, we'll tell you where those three key Jaguars they think are uh, best suited to land in free agency coming up. But first, Tony Smith going to take you around the National Football League. Now, gems around the NFL, brought to you by Beaches Jewelry and Pawn in Jack's Beach. Beginning today and through March 7th, teams can apply the franchise or transition tag to one player that is set to become a free agent on March 15th when the free agency period opens and the new league year begins. The Indianapolis Colts are hiring Jaguars passing game coordinator Jim Bob Cooter to be their new OC. This will be his second stint as an offensive coordinator after working for the Detroit Lions in that capacity from 2016 to 2018. Carolina is signing line snapper J.J. Jansen on a one-year deal. Jansen set the Panthers franchise record for games played with the franchise last season with 226. Brad Meester holds the Jaguars record with 209 career games played. And New York Giants quarterback Daniel Jones is switching agents from CAA to Athletes First. Jones is set to become a free agent if a long-term deal is not done or he doesn't get tagged by the start of free agency on March 15th. Jones didn't have his fifth-year option picked up by the Giants last offseason. He threw for 3,205 yards with 15 touchdowns and five interceptions. Passing last year, another 708 yards rushing with seven rushing touchdowns while quarterbacking the Giants through their first playoff appearance since 2016 this season. There's been speculation this week that the Giants 
or at least angling towards using the franchise tag on Jones and who knows what happens with Saquon Barkley. Yeah, we'll make a run at him now, free agency. Come on. What do we got? We got unlimited money here in Jacksonville. Let's get Saquon. (laughs) Uh, Three Jaguar tight uh, free agents, excuse me, are listed in the ESPN Top 50. They're the three we talk about all the time. Uh, Jawan Taylor's listed as the 15th best free agent, according to ESPN, of any position out there. And that includes the likes of, you know, like the Lamar Jacksons of the world, guys that are probably not making it to true unrestricted free agency. So Taylor ranked 15. They say the best team fit uh, for him is the New England Patriots. The Jags could use the franchise tag to keep him here, but he can also fill a major need for Bill O'Brien's offense in New England, slotting in at right tackle where Isaiah Wynn and Marcus Cannon are both headed to free agency. Uh, Taylor has the movement traits at 6'5", 312 to mirror speed and can handle power rushers and at just 25 years old has room for growth, uh, blah, 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 blah. All the reasons you'd like to see him stay in Jacksonville. But sure. again, comes down to the economics of it. Uh, with Evan Ingram, comes in at number 29 on their list of best free agents at ESPN. Best fit is right here in Jacksonville. Returning here where he played a volume role in 2022 with 77 catches or 766 yards, four touchdowns. And uh, it's his deployment as a flexed-out player in the pass game that scheme throws and catch-and-run targets from the slot or lined up out wide make Ingram an easy fit in Jacksonville to produce again with Trevor Lawrence, the tight end signed a one-year deal. We could see the Jags offering a multi-year contract this spring. Uh, I think we certainly will. Uh, The question is, is it to his liking, which is kind of a major point of what we're discussing today. And then finally, Arden Key comes in at number 47 on the list. And uh, you may disagree with that ranking, Tony. One spot ahead of Jadevian Clowney. I'd much rather have Key, who seems to actually care. Um, (laughs) Honestly. Um, So, said the best team fit is right here in the division, but with the Houston Texans, as key played for D'Amico Ryans in San Francisco in 2021 and has produced 11 sacks over the last two years. He has positional flexibility to be deployed as an interior edge rusher, and at 6'5", he has a short area speed to create pocket disruption. Uh, yes, all the things we liked about him here mm-hmm. in Jacksonville as well. I just wonder, like, if you pay Arden Key eight, $9 million a year, does he have to play more snaps for you? I think is the question to make everything equitable. You know what I mean? Or are you paying too much for a situational pass rusher? I don't want to pay $9 million bucks for four and a half sacks. I'll be honest. When I see, like, I would I like Arden Key back? Yes. But pressures are great. Sacks are better. And if I could get a Justin Houston, even though it's going to be on a short-term deal, and I could get him for a fraction, a, like a third of what I'm going to pay Arden Key, Mm-hmm. Honestly, I mean, I like the idea of Arden Key. I like his his youth. I like the way he fit in and was, you know, a guy who was a vocal player on the field, kind of follow me, leadership style guy. All that was great. I'll take the production Justin Houston gave for less money. Now, that's no guarantee if you sign Justin Houston that he comes in and has the same year as he did last year. It's just that he's got a pretty distinguished track record of getting quarterbacks on the ground, as a for instance, you know. Well, and if you look at that list of the top 50 and you go through and just look at, like, edge defensive mm-hmm. ends, right, Arden Key's fifth. Okay. Right? And now he's all the way down there at 47. Right. Uh, but he's fifth among that position. Brandon Graham ahead of him. Uh-huh. Let's see. Uh, keep scrolling up here. And see, that's the thing, too. Yon is ahead of him. Graham's 35 years old. Yep. But can he give you eight sacks? He had 11 this year. Now, granted, he had a lot of help. 
nobody's doubling Brandon Graham when you yeah. had as many, you know, sack machines on Philadelphia. But can he come in here and be an eight sack guy for again a fraction of what you're paying Arden Key? I I like the idea of Arden Key back here. I don't know if I I, I kind of keep mentally running into the idea that he's a bit of a luxury yeah. for this team. And I understand they don't have enough pass rush to consider any pass rush luxury. But you know what I'm saying yeah. in terms of what they're going to have to pay him for his level of contribution. Yeah, Zach Allen and Davenport, the other two that are ahead of him on the list. And we've talked about Allen before. I'd yeah. love for him to be a target. A, a, right, but you know, in a class where he's not a household name, but right. in NFL circles – and Marcus Davenport coming off a tremendously dif- disappointing year. Yeah. I think Marcus Davenport's more of a 4-3 defensive end yeah. in my And they got mind. him. Like, Davenport's the highest in that list, and he's at 20. He's at 20, right. So, list. it's not a great year for pass rush. No. So, the fact that you're top <laughs> Kobe five. Kobe Myers, 21. Right. Still well, blows Which my is mind. the best receiver <laughs> available. But the fact that you're fifth, if it's in a bad year, you know, you yeah. still got to evaluate the player. Just because he's the fifth best guy available or a top five guy available at the position doesn't make him more valuable than his contribution. You know what I mean? Like you can't, you can't constantly just overpay because you want to keep your own guys at home. It's okay to do it a little bit to some degree. And sometimes you have to in free agency. I don't think the Jags have to with Arden key necessarily uh, with some of the other options that may be a little bit cheaper out there on the market. All right, we'll come back. We'll look at the Chad and Sandy real estate question of the day. Will they, or won't they, Use the franchise tag. Talking about your Jacksonville Jaguars. This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Now more Jaguars Today on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All right, your Chad and Sandy real estate question of the day today on Jaguars Today. Today, 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 mm-hmm. today. Today. It's the first day that NFL teams can apply the franchise tag for the 2023 season. So we ask you, will the Jaguars use that tag on anyone this year? Yes on Evan Ingram. Yes on Jawan Taylor. Or no, they will not tag anyone. Chad and Sandy Real Estate offers you multiple offers on your home in three days. Or they'll sell it for free. And you can visit them online at chadandsandy.com. Uh, let's give you our thoughts and check in on today's poll in the form of a 10-10 take. 10 10 take now mike dempsey's 10 10 take brought to you by northern tool start solving your projects today at northerntool.com we're made for this all right uh where you at tone uh yes on ingram yes on taylor no they won't tag anybody i think playing the odds that they don't get the long-term deal done with evan ingram before they have to make a decision on the franchise tag that they'll wind up using it on Ingram to expand the window that they can get a long-term deal done with them. I I hope it's a hard no on Taylor, right, with the franchise tag. Like, it's just absurd uh, to pay a right tackle that kind of money, especially a guy who you have to make the argument for him being a top 10 right tackle uh, to give him top five left tackle money, I think would be dumb. I hope that's not even a serious consideration for the franchise, but on playing the odds that they aren't able to get the long-term deal done before they need the extra window, I'll say yes, they use the tag on Ingram. I will too, and and the fact that Evan Ingram yesterday himself said, look, there really hasn't been much discussion on that front. Now, he feels like the team wants him back. We know Trevor Lawrence wants him back. He wants. He has said he wants to be back. I think there's desire, but I'm with you. Like, I don't think they apply it until later in the process. And I think it's possible. Somebody brought up in one of the replies 
uh, today. He says, I think they have a number in mind for Ingram. If he prices himself out of that, I think they turn their attention to Mike Kosicki on a one-year deal and draft someone else for the long term, which you want. I think it's a long-term deal or walk. In, in terms of Gusecki, you've got until like the 7th of March to apply the tag, and then free agency opens up like a week later. Yep. Okay? So in that time, you f- try to figure out, are we going to get this deal done with Evan Ingram? If not, you could see them turn their attention to another tight end and say, you know what? We don't. If we get it done with this guy, maybe we'll rescind the tag. Now, I'm not saying – they're going to replace Evan Ingram with Mike Kosicki, who uh, started one game this year. What a weird career arc he's had yeah. with the Dolphins. Like, I, I guess, you know, what you heard this year was that he didn't fit in what Mike McDaniel wanted in a tight end, meaning he was too much of a an offensive skill player only, finesse tight end, much like Evan Ingram is, right? Mm-hmm. Evan Ingram's a willing blocker. But he's not known for his blocking. No. Right? Same with Mike Kosicki. Mike Kosicki still caught five touchdowns this year. Uh, Only had 52 targets on the season. Averaged more yards per catch than Evan Ingram did. Scored more touchdowns. So there could be some untapped potential. The the question is, what's the price? As he got franchised last year. He did, yeah. He made more than Evan Ingram did last year. And that doesn't mean he'll be guaranteed to make more going forward. He didn't have the same year as Evan Ingram. Spot track gives a calculated market value on Gasicki at $8.2 million average annual salary. Okay? Let's say he was willing to sign an Evan Ingram deal, and he might be, right? Like, hey, put me in a good position to go out there and have 75 catches, 700 yards, however many touchdowns, and let me hit free agency again next year because he's only like 27 years old, right? He's young enough that his big payday could still be down the road a little bit would you rather franchise tag Evan Ingram at 11.2 or have Gasicki for $3 million less? I'd rather franchise Ingram. I would, too, simply because I know exactly what I'm getting. Yeah. And I know exactly the fit. But what, what if you could get Mike Gasicki on a four-year $30 million contract, seven and a half a year on average? It might change the calculus Maybe. for yeah. me a little bit there. You know, if I could lock him in to a deal – like that um others have you know asked well you know you've got good tight ends in this draft jay said there are about four tight ends in the draft there are a bunch of them right but There's four four that get mentioned with first round consideration yep uh consistently if ingram leaves he can be replaced why franchise him well the simple reason would be so you could use that resource on filling another hole yeah right and if you could find a pass rusher or a cover corner. Maybe if Juwan Taylor leaves, maybe you're interested in taking an offensive lineman with the idea that a year from now, you'll let Cam Robinson walk and Walker Little is your left tackle and you get a guy, maybe not even a 24, maybe to 56, whatever the case, you get a guy fairly early that much like Walker Little, you didn't necessarily feel like you had to play his rookie year. That's a path I could see him going down. No, they won't tag anybody has 45.6% of the vote. Uh, Yes on Ingram getting tagged, 34.5%. That's where we came in. And still 20% of the people think they'll tag Juwan Taylor when it's all said and done. Yeah, I'm uh, flashing back to last year at this time when we were asking these kind of questions. Oh, no. And it was Cam Robinson and DJ Chart, right? (sighs) Like, those were the discussions we were having. And I know I was solidly on the, look, if you're going to do it with one of those guys, it's DJ. 
Right. I think that would have ended up being a just a right. total waste of money. Right. And it looks that way now looking back. I and I say that saying that I'm aware of how wrong I was about it last year, right? And ultimately the right decision in my mind still would have been to franchise none of them. Right. And mm-hmm. Walker Little, I would have been okay with being my left tackle going into last year. That's obviously not the decision they made, but knowing how off I was about that last year, am I just, for whatever reason, off on the Jawan Taylor thing this year? Just, Maybe. Just off on what his so, actual value is. So much money to tie up in a right tackle. I know. So much money to tie up in your offensive line. Uh, you know, when you got Sheriff's deal on top of Cam's deal. Yeah. And then you add Taylor's deal. I mean, that is a – the Jags are already, what, paying projected top five money to the offensive line in 2023. Yeah, they're at five without Taylor's money. Right, in. so add that in, and then they go shooting up the ranks. And are they any? Are they a top five offensive line? I don't think so. No, but, it's not a weakness. But the alternative is, you know, it doesn't matter if you're top five, top whatever. You know, this guy's protecting your quarterback. He's not getting him killed. What value do you place on it if – whoever it is, whether it's Walker Little out there or anybody else, gets Trevor Lawrence hurt yeah. because he can't handle the speed rusher, whatever the case may be. I mean, look, you never know that because it could have happened with Taylor out there as well. It's not no like doubt. Taylor doesn't allow any hits on the quarterback. He just had a really good year in pass protection. How much of that, and the team has an idea of this, how much of that is because Trevor Lawrence gets rid of the ball sure. in two and a half seconds. Like it invites it. Right, like it invites that kind of criticism. If you make the decision to move on from Taylor Walker, Little is my right tackle. Trevor Lawrence gets hit from that side in some game next year and gets hurt, and it's like, well, there you go. Why, right? like, why'd you let Taylor walk? And it's like, well, you don't know. Like, what would have happened with Taylor in there? But it's there. Yeah. Right. Like it's just there, and it's going to be part of the conversation with whatever Little does. It's uh, similar to me. The when Doug Peterson made the decision to give everyone the last week of the offseason off. And some people went nuts, right? Like, how can you possibly explain with this team being the worst team in football the last two years, not taking every advantage you possibly can, and then, well, you better win week one. You better win week one, right? Like, that was the kind of conversations that were happening when they made that decision. In the end, they go to the playoffs they won a wild card right. game at home. Like, you don't talk about that kind of thing because of the way that it turned out. But if it goes the other way, right, say they lose the Baltimore game and they lose the Dallas game and they don't make the playoffs, Look, to, is let's that say, kind of noise more in the system? Probably. Let's say none of it was different for the Jags. But let's say Tennessee just won a couple of non-Jaguar games, game. yeah. right? Well, it would have taken two, as yeah. it turned out. But let's say they won those games and the Jags, for all their efforts – came up just short of making the postseason. And then the question would be asked, well, you know, did he prepare them right? Yeah. Like, what did they, you know, all those close losses early in the year, if you worked harder in the offseason, chances are it wouldn't have changed anything. No, yeah. But you invite those kind of questions when you don't meet a certain standard. And yep. fortunately for them, they did. And we said it at the time, look, this guy has proven he knows how to coach a Super Bowl champ. I think you have to give him the benefit of the doubt on this stuff and see what the results Show, but if the results didn't come through, we yeah. all would have been questioning no way more than that. Just everything they did along the way. That's how close the margin is between being ecstatic about the near and long-term future and 
wondering what might have been. I mean, uh, you know, look, it's hard to calculate how much better you feel about the fact that you did make the postseason and you had a historic comeback against the Chargers at home, one of those thrilling games, and you traded punches with the team that eventually won the Super Bowl. If you missed the playoffs, you could think, man, we could have gone toe-to-toe with any of those teams. But you don't know that. You don't know, yeah. Until you actually go out and do it. All right, uh, our day is just about over, so let's welcome in XL Primetime. Now, the two-minute drill. Brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com slash careers. Equal opportunity employer. Uh, by the way, I'm on record as saying just give me the franchise tag and give me the uh, average of the top <laughs> five highest paid people in my position nationally, and I would be quite content. I will not complain about the long-term deal at that point, Matt Hayes. I, I mean, I get their argument that, you know, oh, sure. something happens. But, yeah, I mean, I'm with you completely. I mean, top five at your position? Uh, if if you can't live for the rest of your life on eight million bucks, you know what I mean? Like, like you – you don't have to live extravagantly. If you know, here's what I've got. Maybe I'll go into coaching. Maybe I'll make whatever. But if you had a $10 million nest egg at the age of 28, I think you could probably make that work. I don't know. I 100% agree with you. However, <laughs> these guys are also seeing, well, I could also have $30 million Sure they could. $40 million. Right. And you could also then um, collectively bargain to not have that be part of the CBA and it's not that important. That's a whole other story from well, that. Uh, right, and that's that's what it comes down to with me. Like players want to take off in the off season if they're not contractually obligated to be there. I'm not going to fault them because they get screwed or or they lose. I think a lot of those head to head battles with management when it comes to the collective bargaining agreement. And I brought this up many times. Had this conversation with Maurice Jones-Drew countless times when he complains about the franchise tag, the restricting guys. You signed off on it, buddy. Well, and he'll go, "Well, we're not going to miss games." And that's the whole point. You're not willing. You're not willing to go to the wall. You're not right. willing to have short-term pain financially for potential long-term gain. And I understand that too because the average NFL career is so short. So I mean, you got to at least give the baseball guys credit. They're willing to just say, "No, we're not playing." And right, it's, and it's hurt the sport certainly. It's it's devalued it certainly, but they got what they want. They they, they got making yeah. They rule with an iron fist. Yes, I mean of association. So when when the dust settles, Matt, will the Jags have used the franchise tag this year? I don't think so. You don't. I don't think so. You think? Do you think they'll get a deal worked out with Evan Ingram? I think they'll get a deal worked with Evan Ingram. I, I don't know. I think I think they're gonna let Jamal go. I think Duwana they means. will try to sign him, yeah, but I don't, but think, I don't think, think they're gonna, gonna have tag to him. him to. Someone's gonna offer Jawan. So, somebody him. suggested let Jawan walk. Work out the deal with Evan Ingram, tag Arden Key. Oh, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> Ar- that'd that be almost $20 million bucks right. for one year for Arden Key. No, so, no. Um, for more sacks? No. Right. No, I'm, like, I mean, I'm even wondering, well. like, play well as a backup. is he He's worth not. $10 million? Right. If you're going to pay him that money, doesn't he have to be a starter? You know no, what I mean? I don't, I, yeah. He's, I mean, do you give him more than a multi-year deal, too? I, I would bring him back for like a three-year deal, but it depends on what we're talking about. He played for four million bucks this year. You wouldn't bring him back for three years, twelve million, if you wanted to play for four million. I would absolutely do that. I mean, probably depending how it's structured. Yeah, although it's four million is not it's not that big. Right. Of a well, but then I look last year, Justin Houston made three million and had like nine and a half sacks. Why can't we have that? You know what I mean? Like if well, we're yeah, if we're gonna sign a we're gonna go down the road of why can't we have? We can go way let's, down. That let's road. have a guy that actually. <laughs> Gets the quarterback on the ground more. I, I mean, pressure rate and all that is a beautiful thing. I agree. Uh, all right. Uh, what do you guys have coming up today? Uh, we got Barrett Salee from CBS Sports coming on. We're also going to get into uh, this really strange PFF top 101 players in the NFL. How, what's, 
a little bit bizarre. There were some interesting ones because on there. Because at 94 is Trevor Lawrence, and the next, 93 is Cameron Curl. The next, right, the next, like, 25, and you're like, wait, what? Yeah, well, and they're basing it just on their play on the field this year, not – Still. Now, I understand, but, like, you know, you look at, you look at like, Geno Smith is ranked ahead of him. Nobody would take Geno over Trevor, but he had a better year. If you just look at the numbers, he beat him in almost every category across the board. More touchdowns. You know, he had a couple more interceptions, but, you know, completion percentage, quarterback rating, yardage, all that. He was better, you know, and that's fine. If you want to say he had a better year and that's what you're basing it on. Um, I told Tony if they did a ranking of who would you start a franchise with, Trevor would be somewhere between 3 and 10 on the list. Yeah, we're shorter, yeah. We're th- I mean, right, seven. 10, yeah, 10, yeah. 10 to be yeah, safe. Yeah. Yeah. But he could be as high as three. I don't think yeah. he'd be ahead of Mahomes and I Burrow. I agree. You know. All right, Matt, have a good show. Hi, folks. A lot to get into uh, today. Uh, Tony Smith, what you got for the rest of the day? Anything good? Nothing planned. No. Um, beautiful time. Probably going to watch Vanderbilt baseball this afternoon. Oh, Your I favorite. Yeah. I will not watch uh, college baseball, be a Vanderbilt or anyone else, but you do you. Uh huh. I'm going to jump back into season four of Community at some point. There you go. Uh, today, uh, I am done for uh, the short term. All right, that'll do it for us today. Thanks for playing along for ET, for Tony Smith. I'm Mike Dempsey, back at it again tomorrow with two more hours of Jacksonville Jaguar discussion and debate right here on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Yo, Jacksonville. Who want to eat a W? Two more.